the protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Join our story of misfit teenagers as they struggle to save the world from climate change. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Episode number 94, Sun and Soil and Plans for the Future. Facing the mirror Looks like a stranger Can't recognize myself today Sometimes I think in your arms My fear would melt away God help me find a way Can't you hear the sirens well Can't you feel the oceans roar I need your hand in the dark Abby awoke the following morning to a cool breeze coming through her window and golden sunlight shining on the floor. Oh no, it can't be 11 o'clock already. She jumped out of bed, pulled on her clothes, drank some cider, threw water on her face, combed her hair and darted out the door. By 11.15, she was knocking on Tuck's door. He appeared a few minutes later and said, Oh, I I'm sorry. I was in the middle of a phone call. What's up? I just need to use the phone. I have to make calls, too. Uh, get a cell phone as soon as you can. Everybody's getting them, e even me. In Tuck's office... Abby sat in the king's chair as usual and looked out the window. The same two men lounged on a bench. Those men must be Morphe's new bodyguards. When do they get any exercise? Tuck looked at Abby and took a seat opposite her. Abby, please don't obsess about things like that. We have lives to lead, things to do. Yes, and I've made up my mind. I really can't be certain who the people were carrying the burning branches and threatening to burn the abandoned house last Saturday night. I was back behind the front door until the very end, and the man in front was crawling away from me. Funny you should say that. He looked at Abby and nodded. I'm having the same problem. The roaring bonfire and burning branches made them look demonic. I can't be sure who they pretend to be in their normal lives. Tuck kept a straight face. You should know that Geraldine and Phoebe can't be sure either. 
I just don't think Chief Santiago can bring up any charges unless there's a new development. <laughs> well, well, you young folks certainly know how to pick your battles. <laughs> and there's more news I want to tell you. Please, you have my full attention. I hear that Phoebe, George, and Jeremy, and probably Stephanie and Eddie, and others, are coming to this council meeting tomorrow night. They want to join as permanent members with me. And we already have ideas. I'm thrilled to hear it. What do you have in mind? We'd like to plan fundraising events for the church in Rivergate. Maybe festivals with music, food, children's games, and a tour of the work going on in the churchyard. Once it's ready for an audience, anyway. Tuck stared. He opened his mouth, but couldn't get a word out. Don't worry. We can do it. Look what Phoebe's done at the toy store. She's good at this sort of thing. And everyone will help. I hope you're not upset. Upset? Upset? I'm overjoyed. This is exactly what we need. My problem is that I, I don't know how to do it. I'm going to work on this. Even though I don't know how to do it either. Just remember my concerns. Do nothing to risk a scandal. No bad publicity. <sighs> don't worry. Now, one other thing. Later in the day, Jeremy is going to pick up my things at the haunted house and bring them here to the cottage. It didn't seem like a good idea to go there myself, and Jeremy offered to do it. He'll bring my bike, my guitar, my sleeping bag, and my collection of seeds. I'm going to plant a garden with vegetables we can harvest for a festival. That's something I know how to do. I know your reputation. Stick to your job and all will be well. Make sure your friends are here to work. This is all business. I just need my seeds and lots of help. Here's the plan in a nutshell. We reach out to many people, all those acquainted with this church and others who may be lonely and disconnected. We raise money by selling food green market vegetables, donations, renting tables to vendors, basically anything that's good for people and interests the public. Tuck leaned forward. We, meaning this church, need that even more than you know. But I must warn you, our finances have been an almost impossible challenge over the last, oh, maybe 10 years. The Sunday offering and the Christmas appeals pay only a, a fraction of our yearly budget. We depend upon grants and donations from the very wealthy for the rest. And you may be aware that people with money don't like us. We usually don't share the same goals. Give us a chance. Together we can do more than you alone. I, I, I'm not saying no. I have great respect for your abilities. It even looks like you've won this last round, though how you managed to pull it off, I don't know. You must have a special talent I've never seen before, hmm? 
but watch out. Keep your wits about you. This is going to be a long struggle, and the super wealthy control a lot of people in all walks of life. We admire your courage in the face of the powerful, Reverend Tuck. We're just copying you. <laughs> we'll all do our best. Abby smiled and dialed the phone. Hello? Neither Reverend Tuck nor me can identify the torchbearers in the mob at the haunted house. That's final. Then Abby dialed her parents' number and was answered by a voice recording. You have reached a number that is no longer in service. No longer a working number. I guess they've moved or something. Her eyes shifted vacantly around the room, seeing nothing. Tuck was trying to make eye contact. I'll help you. I'll find a forwarding address in a hurry. I've got the phone numbers and emails of hundreds of people. Promise me you won't brood over this. Get on with your day, and I will speak to you as soon as I have news. Abby walked back to the cottage, deep in thought. She lay down for five minutes and stared into space. Finally, her voice spoke in her mind. Tuck's right. Let's get going. She jumped up and cut two thick slices of Penny's bread and made a nut butter and honey sandwich and put water on to boil. I need some of my own vegetables to eat. I wish I could get to my forest garden. After a cup of breakfast mixture, she walked outside and looked around. At the weather, the grass, the trees, the leaves, the branches on the ground. She observed the open spaces that receive sunlight and the spaces in shadow. Tuck's anxiety to have the people of Middletown see improvements gave her the beginning of a plan. The wind was a bit strong for raking leaves, but the weather was cooler than usual for late July with bright white clouds moving across a fresh blue sky. A nice day to work. She found an old pair of work gloves, a rake, and the wide sheet of burlap in the storage shed, and proceeded to clean up the yard near the sidewalk. For three hours, she dragged countless loads of leaves and branches back to the mulch pile. Then she managed to get the old lawnmower running and cut back the grass and wild plants near the front of the yard. It had to be done. Abby knew the area visible from the sidewalk had to look respectable from a traditional point of view. Then she pruned the dead wood off the forsythia bushes and the apple trees and hauled that immense pile of branches back to the mulch pile in the privet fort. <sighs> okay, that part is over. Now I want to have a little fun. 
Where should I grow vegetables? Where's a good spot for a crowd? For eight or ten tables? For a fundraising event? With a concert? The front area towards the wall has to be reserved for festivals. That flat space is perfect. People can even catch a performance from the churchyard benches near the sanctuary. Abby moved on down the yard and studied the area between the cottage and the privet hedge. Suddenly a brown rabbit scampered through the overgrown lawn and disappeared into the shadows of the wild area. Whoa, a whole world of life. The beauty of time passing it flies before our eyes We never saw in this way before The wonder of our lives Everything to love Everything to fear It's planet Earth in the universe And nature is here The sun was still shining bright and strong, even late in the day. She had found the spot that received the most sunlight of any piece of ground in the yard. She dug at the soil with her gloved hand and found hard-packed dirt with a lot of clay. Hmm. We've got to improve that. Following this train of thought, Abby walked over to the mulch pile. On one side of the entrance, where the leaves were not too deep, she carved out a hole with her hands and found a layer of new leaves and sticks mixed with mown grass and green plants. Going deeper, she dug her fingers into a layer of damp leaves stuck together in bunches mixed with greens and sticks decomposing. Worms slithered out of the way and centipedes and roly-polies ran to hide or stayed still as if she couldn't see them. And then, to her delight, she dug past a layer of leaves into a musty zone of light fluffy soil with wood fragments that easily disintegrated in her hands. Deeper still lay pure, dark soil, the most nutritious food for plants on the planet. Light enough for roots to grow easily with a spongy texture that held water. This humus was gold for farmers and gardeners and there appeared to be a practically unlimited quantity in different stages of decay, ready for every use that Abby needed. Yes, I thought so. Oh, baby, the things that we can do. Abby! Abby! I was afraid I missed you. Jeremy! Are you coming from the haunted house? Did you find my things? Yes and yes. It was easy. 
Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Abby wanted to give him a hug, but she became aware that her hands and arms were covered in leaf mold and dark soil. But Jeremy just smiled, gave a little bow, and walked right on by to inspect the wide, dark hole as deep as the length of an arm. He put his hand into the decomposing mass and tested it with his fingers. Beautiful stuff. Strange how some compost could be steaming hot. And this type is cooled down deep. She looked at him in surprise. Most people she knew weren't interested in that sort of thing. Jeremy surveyed the entire mulch pile and walked over to the monstrous pile of old branches. Incredible! What? Did it take a century to collect all that? Boy, if they were chipped, you'll get a lot of heat. Abby became curious. Oh, that's right. I've heard you're working with Chi-Chi. You must be in the energy project. Hands down, we'll never make it Through this place alive we never knew that the avenue went down this awful dive Hang on, I can't see no bottom Getting ready to fall No time to pray and I'll just say my love to you all The beauty of time passing it flies before our eyes We never saw in this way before The wonder of our lives Everything to love Everything to fear It's planet Earth in the universe And nature lives here Give us a chance we'll never forget the truth we're seeing now we'll fight for this world on and on deep into the great beyond there's everything to love everything to fear it's planet earth in the universe and nature lives here See the years for life to grow A billion more for all we know Working through the pain and fear See the world through your tears It's planet Earth in the universe And nature lives here Trillions of living things are everywhere around 
Our lives are all planted deep into the sacred ground There's everything to love, everything to fear It's planet Earth in the universe and nature Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Find all our projects on protectorsofthewood.com and support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.